You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Phillies Nation podcast. I am your host, Ty Daubert. Since the last episode, we have gotten one Phillies game. Uh, We're like two weeks into the season, but still only four games in. But we have a game to talk about in this episode. Um, We're recording on Tuesday. It should be out by Wednesday, which means we got a doubleheader for the Phillies this afternoon we'll preview that we'll talk about last game talk about what's happened this season in general before we get into it i'm going to introduce my co-host johnny heller who has no power at his house right now because of the storms so johnny's in on the phone johnny what's going on yeah i mean you said it uh, no power uh went off a few hours ago and Really, no words, so uh, doing this through the phone. Hopefully, the audio is fine, but other than that, um, you know, like you said, Phillies played for the first time in eight days last night, and they lost. Uh, they were one and three on the season. It's, you know, it looks like a new year with the same problems of the 2019 Phillies, so uh, I guess we'll dive into that a little bit. Yep, I, I guess that is. What we're going to have to have to do, we'll dive right into it. Like you said, yesterday's game, um, like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday when there is no game. So Monday night's game, Yankees took this one 6-3 versus the Phillies. Garrett Cole and Jake Arrieta uh, facing off at Yankee Stadium. Only one Cy Young winner out of the bunch, but... Uh, <laughs> But but the one without a Cy Young, he he uh, he took the win in in this game. Arietta he gave up a leadoff home run to DJ LeMahieu. Uh, he gave up gave up another home run to Brett Gardner later. Garrett Cole he gave up a home run to Phillies designated hitter Jay Bruce. But but still Cole a lot sharper. He went six innings, one earned. Jake Arietta five innings pitched, three earned. Um, the extra base hits hurt him early with, with the two home runs, and then he gave up two straight doubles, uh, which, you know, that was all three runs that he gave up. Um, but he did look sharp in his last two innings uh, that he pitched in the fourth and, fifth, fourth and fifth innings, especially the fourth. He had three straight strikeouts. Probably the first time Arietta has done that in a couple of years. I'm not... Exactly sure uh, for certain, but it kind of feels that way. But, yeah, that's kind of the, the big overview of this pitching matchup and how the game went. Johnny, do you have any thoughts about Cole or Arietta's performances? Yeah, I mean, I thought you, you kind of said it there. Arietta looked really good his last couple innings. I honestly think they should have left him in for one more. Uh, I think he was sitting, what, 78, 79 pitches. Uh, and I know he said he could go 90-ish. It, it was um, also his first start of the season. Yeah. After yeah, a weird, I, after I a weird lay, the, layoff. The weird layoff. I just thought he, he looked increasingly sharper as he went on. So um, I wouldn't have minded if they left him in. Uh, and, you know, he did go up a couple home runs, the second of which was kind of, you know, the epitome of a juiced ball homer to Brett Gardner, who, was, who had never hit an opposite field home run. Uh, until that 
lazy fly ball somehow. You know, I, sp- I think grew wings and started flying. I I, really I think on happened. I think on the uh, the broadcast they said it was like the third of his career, something like that. It was the first. I know it was the first. Someone uh, tweeted out the um, like the stack ass baseball savant spray chart, and there were none, no opposite field ones on there. So at least it's, you know, 14 or 15, 2014, 2015, it's his first. Um, but anyway, that that home run was ridiculous. But Arietta looked good. And then as far as Cole, I thought the, the Phillies hit him relatively well, giving, given the circumstances they haven't swung a bat. I mean, they swung a bat in the last week, but they haven't really seen live baseball uh, in a week and to come out and, and face probably the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I thought they rose up to the challenge. It was just, I think, a little bit of bad luck and then a little bit of uh, of poor execution. I think it was either the fifth or the sixth inning when um, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, JT Romuto, and Dita Gregorius all smoked balls right in a row. Hoskins was a 410-foot fly out. Uh, Harper, Harper line out or ground out. He might have lined out to first. And then... Real middle reached, and then Gregorius, he hit it 380 feet down the line. It went foul. So, you know, that, that could have easily been a 2-3-4 run inning, and we're talking about a different ball game. So I thought they, they hit Cole pretty well. Yeah, I they, they hit some balls hard off of him, like you said. Hoskins, his um, his fly ball that's gone at Citizens Bank Park, I, I'd say pretty safely. Uh, and that Gregorius homer, you know, it, it went just to the right of the of the foul pole in right field maybe um just the way it was hooking the only stadium that one's out at is Fenway Fenway. Park Fenway Park because of the pole but uh if it was going to be out anywhere else it would be Yankee Stadium with that short porch he just couldn't get it to hit the pole um Bruce did Bruce did hit that home run like I said um but for the most part you're right. Poor execution. Uh, they weren't able to. They weren't able to get runners in. Uh, they had. They had hits this game. They had eight hits, which was as many as the Yankees did in this game, but just weren't able to get the runs across. Other than yeah, on, was, on a Jay Bruce home run. There was the. I think it was the fourth inning. They had guys on first and second with one out, and Gene Segura ground into a double play. And that. I mean. We can talk, I guess, a little bit now just about the lineup. I don't know about you. I don't love the, the batting order. Um, I think against a guy like Cole, who's a righty, I don't see why Segura bat six and, and Bruce bat seventh. I think that like it, it just doesn't make sense. And then, you know, elsewhere in the lineup, uh, I don't remember exactly what point of the game this was, but... Uh, you know, you have McCutcheon and Hoskins back to back at the top of your order, so you have two righties, um, and there's the the new three batter minimum rule. I don't know why you don't go maybe McCutcheon, Harper, Hoskins, um, or you know even Hoskins, Harper, McCutcheon, something there, something different there where you can, uh, you know, I, like I don't think you need to go righty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty for the sake of doing that if it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense there. Like Harper should be in the two hole anyways. And that could have helped them last night. I think Hoskins ended up having to face Chad Green with a runner on. Um, and if it's Harper in that situation, who knows what happens? Uh, you know, I I don't love the lineup. W- what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I still think my biggest issue with the lineup, well, last night specifically was I think Bruce should have been higher than Segura. Um, but my still my biggest issue is with Real Muto batting fourth. I just yeah, don't absolutely. think. He, he, um, he had two hits. It was a, a good night for him. It, it's just that I, I'm not sure that he's the type of hitter that you want batting clean up especially against a, a righty i i think that there's probably two better options in bruce and gregorius batting below him that are probably better suited for cleanup with a right-handed pitcher on the mound yeah yeah i agree and um you know just just something i want to i want to point out i tweeted this last night um that top four mccutcheon hoskins harper real muto like we came into the season thinking that the rotation was going to have its ups and downs. The bullpen was going to have its ups and downs, but the, the, the lineup was incredibly deep. And that top four so far, McCutcheon, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, they are slashing 181 with a 318 on base percentage and a 309 slugging percentage so far this season. And that's just not good. And, like, you know, last last Saturday or Sunday, uh, I mean, um, when McCutcheon got the day off, Girardi slotted Hazley into the leadoff spot and and it looks like he you know doesn't want to switch anyone's batting position around at all this season like that was what he said was he put easily lead off so he didn't have to switch anyone else and i'm sorry but like that does not make any sense to me you know like i don't know if that's just trying to revert from because fans hated when kapler get kapler you know have a different lineup every day but I, I just don't get that I think the lineup like I agree with you JT Romuto needs to be out of the clean up clean hole spot as soon as possible uh, I don't I don't know I think you have to be willing to adapt and change the lineup on a day-to-day basis yeah I agree I think that um, you know I think your managing should be matchup dependent and based on the personnel that you're playing for each day um, also, at the same time, you know, you said that stat about the first four batters, I think it was, of this lineup were also four games into the season. Right, so yeah, sure, it's not sure. exactly um, yeah. a, a broad sample size to really be basing it off of. It's not even, you know, the, the Yankees have a small sample size themselves, um, and they have nearly triple the amount of games played as the Phillies or, or double. Yeah, that's true. Um. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. Uh, yeah, the next thing I just wanted to talk about, really, kind of the biggest moment in this in last night's game, on Monday night's game, um, there's been a lot of discussion about the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen and that it has not been good enough, and I think that is fair. You think of they were in uh, opening day's game against the Marlins. They bring in... Uh, Ramon Rosso and he struggles and they're no longer in the game and then last night sixth inning Phillies are down one run or sorry they're down two runs it's a three to one ball game so they're down two runs in the sixth and they hand the ball to Diolis Guerra and he allows two base runners and he gives up a home run to Gio Urshela who he, he was last night's player of the game and my game recap for that homer, and he also made a really nice play on Hoskins in the first inning at third base. Like He's turned into a really good player for the Yankees. That's kind of yeah. uh, 
it, that's an under the radar type of thing. Um, whether it's the Yankees player development and coaching, or he he's done it all himself. Either either way, uh, this is that's a really good pairing that that they've made between the Yankees and Urshela. He's a good player, but um, but yeah, the bullpen couldn't keep them in it. The Phillies added two runs later in the game. Uh, one run in the seventh, one run in the eighth, and you know maybe if uh, Urshela doesn't break open the game, the Yankees don't have the same relievers in. They probably bring in, you know, some better relievers that the Phillies maybe don't put runs up against. But either way, they did give up the home run, and it was just too much to come back from, even with the, those two runs at the end, and. So yeah, the bullpen couldn't keep couldn't keep them in the game. Uh, Guerra giving up that home run, essentially that was that that was all but the game at that point. Um, so yeah, Johnny, what are your thoughts about about that? About the team's bullpen? About even the decision to go with Diolis Guerra over you know somebody like Tommy Hunter who looked good, uh, Jose Alvarez who looked good outside of a walk, or even you know, somebody else that they might have given the ball to. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one thing, again, uh, in addition to the games you mentioned, on, on last Sunday they were winning when Ben Velasquez exited the game. It was a 5-4 ball game, and um, what was the final score? 10-6, maybe? Yeah, something like, like that. They, they brought in they, Cole Irvin and then Nick Pavetta yeah. in relief yeah. of... And those Velasquez. guys struggled. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there, there are two things at hand here. First of all, the bullpen is not deep at all. You mentioned Jose Alvarez. You mentioned Tommy Hunter, Hector Neris. Beyond those guys, I mean, Adam Morgan was effective as a loogie. Like I don't know if he's. It's the same for him. If he with the the three batter minimum rule, like they're just not deep. So. Um, you know, I think there is definitely an argument to be made that someone better should have been brought into the game yesterday and that it was a sixth inning. It was only a two-run game. There was some inclement weather on the way. There was an off day today. They knew that there was an off day today. They have their two best starters going on Wednesday in seven-inning games. So it's like, use your guys now. This is a game that you should go all out to win because, you know, those guys, if you pitch them – all on Monday, they're going to be available again on Wednesday if they need to be, right? Um, so while I think that's true, and I think you know maybe Tommy Hunter should have been brought in in the sixth. I also think that you know in other circumstances like last Sunday, the, the, there's just no depth in this bullpen. So when you know you have a starter leaving in the third or fourth or fifth inning, it's it's tough to you know pitch you know four, five, six solid innings from the bullpen, you know. Uh, you can get three from your relievers on this team, but um, it, it's more a matter of roster makeup, and it's it's been this way for the past several years, and, and the, the bullpen is just not a strength of this team. Obviously, Serenity Dominguez and, and um, David, Robertson. David Robertson. Yeah, I mean, those things happen, injuries happen, but you were basically coming into the season. You knew you weren't going to have Robertson, and then uh, Dominguez... You know, obviously he was pitching in spring training, but you shouldn't like maybe they shouldn't have counted on him. Uh, I don't know. I think that, I think there there are 
two sides kind of at fault here. I think the roster makeup, and then I think, you know, in in today's age of baseball, like you need to be managing every game like it's a playoff game, kind of the, the Gabe Kapler mentality, especially in a 60-game season, and again, especially when you have off the next day and, you know, set two seven-inning games the following day with your best pitchers going, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree about the bullpen depth and um, skill there. They, The bullpen just, frankly, at this point is not very good, and we're going to talk about that uh, again in a little bit. But also handing the ball with the, like you said, with all these different circumstances, with an off day the next day, two seven-inning games coming up on Wednesday with your two best starters, two of the best starters in the National League East, um, I think you have to throw your best relievers out there to get that win on Monday night. Uh, They threw out Diolis Guerra and... Girardi said after Monday night's game that he's liked how Guerra was throwing the ball, um, you know, in uh, you know recently before that game. But you know, also this is they they decided in the sixth inning in a three to one game they threw a reliever out there who has thrown uh, you know since 2017 in 20, 2018 and twenty nineteen he's thrown two thirds of an inning total in the major leagues and gave up four runs in that one appearance. Like, this isn't um, not, you know, it's not exactly like they're throwing out a a big high-leverage reliever out there in that spot. And, you know, he he gave up that home run to Urshela. He did look good in his first outing of the year, uh, Guerra did. But I I just don't think that's the right spot to... um, to go to go with him when you have an off day the next day and then seven inning games with your one with your one and two starters um personally i if i was the manager and obviously i'm not but i would have probably been inclined to go with hector naris in that spot i know he's you know on paper their closer but i think reserving your best reliever for only the ninth inning with a lead of three or less is, you know, that's limiting your team a little bit. But um, at the very least, I think I would have gone with Tommy Hunter. And, you know, who would have thought last year when Hunter got hurt for the second time after um, his just handful of appearances that Tommy Hunter, in my eyes, would have been the Phillies' second best reliever the next year. And kind of a strange turn of events, but... That's the situation they're in, and I think they should have gone with Naris or Hunter, and you know they they should have put the relievers in to go after the win there with with the off day coming up. Um, Guerra he looked good in his first appearance, um, but I just don't think he has the kind of track record of, of somebody that you want out there in that spot. Yeah, agreed. Um, but at the same time, you know there is a very limited option of relievers they can depend on, like like we've mentioned. So, you know, if they do go with Tommy Hunter or Hector Neris or Jose Alvarez in that sixth inning, um, you know, you have to pitch. If, if you're going to win the game, you have to pitch the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. That's four innings of relief. And I don't know if the Phillies have four relievers that I – 
would say is is a lock to give you a scoreless full inning. I I, I just don't know if that's the case. And uh, at this point, you know, you you look around the league and you see the uh, you see the San Diego Padres calling up uh, their second best prospect, Luis Patino, uh, to pitch their second best pitching prospect, Luis Patino to pitch out of the bullpen because their bullpen needs help. Um, you know, we've seen other teams do it. We, we've talked about it. David Price was called up in his first year to relieve. Chris Sale relieved to start. Um, it makes you wonder about guys like Spencer Howard. Uh, and even just beyond Spencer Howard, you look at the, there are prospects in that player pool that I think are, are better than some of their relievers that are on the active roster right now. Um, we've heard a ton even going back to last year and then this spring training about uh, players like Connor Brogdon having good stuff. You know, Damon Jones is there. They just brought up Adonis Medina to the player pool. And these are these are young guys that they're not on the, you know, uh, some of them, Medina's on the 40-man, but some of these guys are not on 40-man rosters. And if you know, you aren't calling these guys up because you're worried about the service time implications. You don't want to put them on the 40-man yet. Um, I don't know if that's the right move while your bullpen is out there imploding on the field. I, I think that there, I think that there's some talented arms in that player pool that I, if if I think they should be getting some looks out here on the field. Yeah, I mean, I want to start by addressing the the Howard thing. I think, you know. I think they he'll help either way if they call him up as a starter or as a reliever. Um, but like, if you're the Phillies, you need to really look at where like where do you need more help? Um, I don't think Vince Velasquez looked good in his first start, and we haven't seen Zach Eflin start yet. And then you know those other depth guys, Cole Irvin, Nick Lavetta, neither of them looked good in their first outings. So you know Spencer Howard having him slot in for Eflin or Velasquez that would help the team a lot on the other hand putting him in the bullpen where you, you mentioned there are like three guys who you feel confident about pitching you a scoreless inning that would also be a huge help um, I personally I think I would prefer to see them add him in the rotation um, just because I think you know he's he's been a starter his, his during his career it's not like he's going to be uh, you know, we mentioned before the season that his innings limit was like 150 around there, which, I mean, that was kind of, um, I think whoever said that said don't hold me to that. Uh, yeah, it was Girardi, and then, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think there was a shot that he was ever going to even probably get close to 150, but right. um, that was the absolute cap. Yeah. Right, but it's, I mean, it's a 60-game season, so you're looking at, if you call him up, I know they need a starter Sunday. If you call Spencer Howard up Sunday, you're looking at probably, what, 10 starts? Maybe 11, probably 10, so probably like 50 or 60 innings. Sure, you have to, you have to count the, um, you have to count the innings he's thrown so far in the player pool and all, you know, in, at the alternate training site, they still, he's still throwing the, the innings, even if it's not in the majors, but. Yeah, your point is definitely true. He's not going to be able to right. reach that kind of number. And then I think at the same time, you know, if he slots in for Vince Velasquez, I'm still kind of in on Vince Velasquez as a potential 
one inning bullpen guy. He's shown throughout his career that like he usually shuts down opposing lineups the first time through the order. So I'm I'm you know not out on the idea that Velasquez could be a contributing arm of the bullpen. So I think if I'm the Phillies, that is the route I would go. But again, calling him up to help the bullpen understandable because I think you would help there a lot too. And then as far as the other guys you mentioned, yeah, I mean. You know, uh, does Reggie McLean really need to have a, a spot on the forty-man roster? Like, call up Connor Brogdon. Just do it. Right. Uh, and you know, they brought up um, McLean. I th- I believe he went on the paternity list yes. yesterday, and they brought up Eniel De Los Santos. Um, and to be honest, just the way they've used him since they acquired him, he's just kind of uh, taking up a a forty-man spot because they have him floating in between starter and reliever the past couple of years, and he's not They're gotten much job. look in the majors. So it's almost like he... Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba Chamberlaining him. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a role at this point, yeah. and I don't see him having a role, a real role this season or next season. And, uh, you know, maybe... They should have been able to find him a role because I do think there's some some talent there. But at this point, um, it doesn't seem like he really has a spot on this team. Uh, it, only getting the call up this year because McLean was on the paternity leave. So um, you know, I, I think there are there are spots on the forty man and the active roster that there there are younger pitchers that um, have some talent and. You might as well give them a look yeah, because it's not—it's not like you're giving spots. You're taking spots from guys who have been lights out. Like it's—I mean, it's a tiny sample size, but even on paper, it's one of the worst bullpens in baseball. So like, you don't know what could happen. I'm not saying anyone's going to be Sir Anthony Dominguez, but like it's not out of the question that a couple guys get called up and they give you good outings. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. These are, you know, some of the guys we mentioned. Uh, it does feel like Howard will be used as a starter, but um, if he were to be used at, out of the bullpen, that's somebody who was, you know, the team's top pitching prospect, a top 100 prospect in baseball coming out of your bullpen. You have Adonis Medina, who has struggled as a starter the past year or so. Um, he did it in Reading last year. He was a little bit um, disappointing, but that's still somebody who was a highly touted pitching prospect and, um, you know, one of the top pitching prospects in the organization at one point coming out of your bullpen. Um, there, there's just guys with some talent there. And I don't think in a 60 game season, I don't think you can afford to just keep rolling out some of these relievers who it doesn't appear anybody has uh, too much confidence in. Yeah, agreed. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what they'll do. Um, do you want to... Do you want to talk about, you know, we just mentioned some of the relievers that could get called up. At this point, the, the kind of date that had to pass for the year of service time to be, um, to be earned, you know, that that's in the past already, or six games or more than six days into the season. Um, and Alec Bohm, somebody who we thought was probably a lock to, to be up at this point, he's still not, he's still not in. And maybe that's just because 
it doesn't appear like he'd have a starting spot at this point. Uh, but do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he should be up. Uh, there isn't much more to it. I don't like. You think the whole them not playing for a week that probably shouldn't have had any impact on it, right? Like the service time date still passed, and um, you know they're back playing, and he's been at the satellite, uh, you know, location. I, I think if he, you know, it's not like Jay Bruce is gonna be lights out as a DH and then who's your best righty option Phil Gosselin like yeah I, I Phil Gosselin or be, they have Neil Walker switch hitter right I think Alec Bloom should be called up and I think he probably he probably will be soon right I would figure I but at this point um at this point it's the same service time uh, right. either way so you know what's right. the difference of these few games if you're gonna call him up you know maybe they're Pretty just much. maybe they like the current bench that they've had uh and who they've been starting. But, you know, I think Bohm's probably... I know they like the idea of having Neil Walker as a switch hitter, but I don't think that matters as much with a DH. So, um, you know, would would Bohm's probably a better bench bat than Neil Walker, right? Yeah, I mean, I think having Bohm makes the team better, first of all. Uh, But I think the maybe the... Um, the hesitancy here is, you know, the whole fact that the season, it seemed like for a couple days at the end of last week that the season was about to be shut down. So maybe they they don't want to call him up with the, you know, and, and waste a year of service time if the season's going to be called in three days. Well, but maybe here's the thing. He doesn't he doesn't earn a full year of service time. So that only applies in le- if you don't plan on calling him up until, until May of the middle year, of right? next May, which I don't yeah. think is possible. He'd be, uh, I don't need, he, I think he's 24 years old right now. I'll look that up really quick. But Alec Bohm isn't, you know, he was a college bat. He's not exactly uh, a right. super young type of player. He's 24 years old at this point. Um, and, you know, the only, if that's the reason you're not calling him up, that's mean, that means you're not calling him up until the middle of May of 2021 right. and he'd be 25 years old at that point and uh, I, I just think it's time to you know get him in the major leagues because uh, you know he's 24 years old it, it he's an experienced bat it feels like he's ready to play in the major leagues yeah agreed um but yeah so the phillies they have a double header coming up like we mentioned on uh, on Wednesday, you're probably listening to this on Wednesday, so you know if it's before the game, it'll be Zach Wheeler in the first game and Aaron Nola pitching the second game. Uh, it's a traditional doubleheader, well, only traditional in the sense that it, they are starting one right after the other, but it is indeed seven inning games. Um, so that is, you know, I, I guess it doesn't exactly make sense to call it a traditional doubleheader because of that. But I think that fares pretty well for the Phillies, having your two best starters, like we mentioned, uh, going out there pitching two seven-inning games. There is one thing we will see for the first time tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. And that's an Andrew Knapp start. So, big day. Up. Big day. Yeah, big day. Huge day. Which, um, which end do you think he would start it? Uh I believe Hap is starting for the Yankees, and then who was lined up for the second start? I didn't see it officially announced, but uh, Montgomery. 
So that's two lefties, correct? Yes. So I guess that doesn't really matter with the whole map being a switch hitter thing. Yeah. Uh, if if it's two lefties. So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to see about that. But yeah, I guess we're getting the first nap start of the year. Yeah, exciting stuff. So maybe maybe it'll lead off. Maybe the catch will get off. Oh, uh, we should mention. Uh, people have talked about this on Twitter a little bit. What do you think about McCutcheon right now? Because he, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. There, it, it does seem like he is just slow right now. So, I don't know. There was that one double where it seemed like, wow, he's running slow. Uh, that came on opening day, I think. So maybe he was just, maybe he's just jogging because the TV broadcast yesterday also showed um, like a thing from Statcast about that. Uh, you remember the fly ball he got to where he put his thumb up afterwards and nodded or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like they said that he got to that, he covered so much ground in such little time. So okay. I was like, okay, maybe he is just fine. Maybe he's I, fine. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't really been hitting. He had one hit no. in five at bats yesterday, but um, or on Monday night. But you know, it's also we're just a few games in. Right. I mean, it is it is crazy because like them signing him last off season or off the off season before last year was. It was kind of like an afterthought. I was like, all right, they signed McCutcheon, but, like, go get Harper. But, you know, they need him to really be the second best hitter in the lineup or the third best hitter in yeah. the lineup. Like, he's so important to this team, and um, especially hitting leadoff. And also, they need, they need him to, to be able to bounce back quick uh, and start to hit. Yeah, um, he's only hitting, like... 077, oh, right? Yeah, 071, I think it says here. Yeah. Um, one for 13 or something. I don't think that's exactly sustainable. He's obviously a no. better hitter than that. But he was he, he, he was so good, which is very, very kind of concerning. Yeah, yeah so this, the thing that, you know, that's concerning that he's not walking a bunch. But um, he was so good last season before he got hurt. Um and, you know, who knows if he can really bring that back, but he was getting on base a ton last year, and he was just, you know, like, like you said, he was one of, the, one of the two or three best hitters on the team up to that point last year, and I think the team is built in a similar way that uh, they kind of need him to be that again. You know, they did make some additions. Uh, maybe Bohm's on the way. They added Gregorius uh, to, to the lineup. But they're still in a spot that they need a lot of. They need a lot of contribution from McCutcheon. You know, he is their leadoff hitter, so uh, they'll need him to. They'll need him to start hitting and getting on base. I don't think it's exactly time to to worry too much if you're the yeah. Phillies, but just something to monitor, just because it, it has been a slow start. Yeah, people forget that. When he was healthy, it was it was the first two and a half months of last season. It was him and, and Hoskins carrying the offense, and the team was winning. So, when not that real Muto and Harper hitting isn't important, but the second half when those two guys were on fire, they were not winning games. Yeah, they also weren't pitching. Weren't pitching as weren't well. Pitching yeah, as well. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. They they those two players have. Uh, in McCutcheon and and Hoskins, they have the ability to kind of carry lineups for stretches when they're on. Uh, and, you know, I think for the most part, Harper 
he struggled a little bit early on last season, but for the most part, he's gonna be. You know, his baseline is already a good a good hitter, like a really good hitter, yeah. and then he'll get he'll have stretches Sports where not, he's yeah. insanely good. Um, so, but I think you're always gonna be able to count on him to be at least a really good hitter, and it's on those other two guys especially to take the offense, uh, you know, to another level. And Hoskins um, just missed a homer last night, but he um, he. Whoops. He was seeing the ball really well uh, that first weekend, and I know people were getting on him because he didn't hit any any homers or anything. He he was like I don't remember exactly how many plate appearances he had, but he was like ended up being like two for six with seven walks. Yeah, like you know, that, he, that's good. You need your players yeah. getting on base, and that right. he's and gonna when, do that. It feels like it. Yeah, when he's seen the ball that well, I think that's when you know that he's about to start rake like. He was walking a little bit the second half of last year, but not, you know, he wasn't having those three walk games and, and, and like he did last week. And I think that when he's seen the ball that well, that's a sign that he's going to turn it on. And that ball he hit last night, um, like you said, it's out at Citizens Bank Park. So I, I do, you know, I'm not calling a Hoskins hot streak, but also I'm predicting a Hoskins hot streak. Um. So. Yeah, and I, I think that for McCutcheon, I think if we start seeing him get a couple walks here and there, uh, I think that'll be a sign that you know he's getting back, he's back into the yeah. into the groove, because uh, that's always been a, a strong suit of his. And I, I think you know I don't think there's any reason to believe that he won't at least uh, be able to to start walking again. You know there are concerns about his knee injury, but I you know him seeing the ball I don't think should be. Any any type of concern there? Um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about either Monday night's game or Wednesday's doubleheader, or just anything else coming up? Um, I think the division is up for grabs, and with you know two playoff spots there, get first, you get second, and you're in. I think um, you know the Phillies haven't looked good, but they're not out of it. Uh, the Braves ace Mike Soroka towards Achilles last night, so he's gone for the season. Um, in a pretty otherwise suspect rotation, the Mets have looked flat. Uh, the Nationals have been, what they're three and four. Marlins have the best winning percentage in the division. Um, I, I think I think that you know it, it's wide open and it's going to be a tight race. So you know it's not like any other. I, I know the Braves; they still have a good record and they'll probably win the division still. But it's still you know. We're only a, a sixth of a way into the season. Um, not for the Phillies, but for the other other teams. And plenty of, of, of time for them to figure it out. Well, I say plenty of time. Uh, you know, there's only 56 games left, but you know, you know what I mean. I yeah. think it's wide open. Yeah, um, I'm just going to, at this point, as of the time of this being recorded, which is about 5 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, uh, the standings in the NL East are, you know, the Marlins at two and one have the best winning percentage in the division. The Braves at seven, f- seven and four, they're in second. The Nationals at three and four are in third. The Mets at four and seven are in fourth place, and the Phillies at one and three are sitting in last. But uh, I guess you know the Phillies are in last, but they're also two and a, they're two and a half games back. Well, aren't they also 
don't they have games on the Nets, technically? Yes, so they, they do, but they have a worse winning percentage. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's it's funny looking at the standings. Yeah, it's funny like to the, see... The Marlins are in first. The Marlins are in first, but they're a game back. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like you said, it's anyone's division. It's gonna be so weird. But uh, you know, the Mets—they just lost Cespedes. Uh, he opted out without telling anyone, which is a pretty Sorry. awesome move. We respect it. <laughs> um, the Marlins are getting back to playing. They have a lot of replacement players. It's good to see. Um, we discussed this last episode about whether or not they would have to cut people off the forty man. Um, it doesn't. It looks like they're getting an exception, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. And the Braves just lost Soroka, like you said. The Nationals are getting Soto back. Like, there's just that's exciting. A I'm lot. Ex- there's, I'm so excited to watch Juan Soto. There's a lot going on, and anything can really happen right here. Yeah. Yep. But it's yeah. A um, wild season. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have right now. Yep. Same. All right. Yeah. So Phillies, they play doubleheader Wednesday. Um, next Wednesday, we'll have another episode for you, but until then, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.